0: I like to see my customers enjoy what I enjoy, and I really enjoy making efforts to improve their cup to make them even happier. Hello everyone, my name is Nicole and welcome to She's the Barista. Today's guest is working in the specialty coffee industry since 2014 and shortly after starting her coffee journey, she started competing and hasn't stopped ever since. Originally from Japan, she has studied tourism in London and Zurich. In 2016, she gave up her previous work and started working full time in coffee by opening Mame, one of the leading specialty cafes in Switzerland. Here are some of the titles she won. In 2015, she won the Swiss Barista Championship. In 2016, she placed third in the Swiss Barista Championship. And in 2017, she competed in the Swiss Brewers Cup Championship and placed third. And she won this competition the year after. This led her to winning the 2018 World Brewers Cup and even this year, she competed again, and she won the Swiss Barista Championship again. It is an absolute honor to finally say hello and welcome to Emi Fukahori. Hi, Nicole. It is so hello. great to finally talk to you. Thank you so much for taking your time. Sorry for my complicated <laughs>
1: Japanese name.
0: <laughs> um Pleasure.
1: Thank you for having me. At the very start
0: of the show, I said a quote from you (laughs) that I think um, captures a part of your personality. And this quote is, I like to see my customers enjoy what I enjoy. And I really enjoy making efforts to improve their cup to make them even happier. Um, Can you explain this quote to us and what Mm -hmm. it means to you? This is
1: something that I can say to sum up my speciality coffee experience since the beginning, meaning um, I, knowing nothing about specialty coffee, I started to get to know little by bit, but from a cup point of view as a coffee lover. Nothing to do with making or not making. I have no clue. I had no clue uh, before diving into a championship world. So that's how I had been treated by coffee professionals around me before myself being a professional. Uh, myself and since I became one and then started to think how to approach to be better barista every day that's somehow what struck me since the beginning meaning that yeah I mean I like coffee that's why I go to a coffee shop and then I see a barista who loves what he she is doing and put a lot of passion in a cup and then I get it and I enjoy it and I get happier so that's I'm is from the other side
0: of the bar, so to say, because that's what I've experienced
1: from a consumer point of view.
0: So customer service for you is one of the most important things. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's that's really great. Um, Before we start talking about coffee, I would like to Mm -hmm. get to know a little bit more about your life before that. Um, Sure. You grew up in the uh, southeastern part of Japan. Yeah. And I want to ask you what you always wanted to become as a, as a child. Did you have a dream job? Did you always want to be a doctor or a professor? Or what was your <laughs> dream job?
1: Yeah, sure. So actually, uh, as a child, I wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> you picked it up quite wow. well. And <laughs> um, that's uh, because it's very simple, like because um, my mother uh she she had been sick when since i i was growing up and that's like you know when you have somebody very important to you in your family and then somebody suffering from an illness um that's quite easy to think for you for you as a child i would like to cure this so she had a diabetes um i was quite uh, obviously sad about it and then since i can remember until i think 12, 13, 14 years old, I wanted to be a doctor, mm-hmm. like straightforward. But then I um, I started to learn English. Well, any, like any other child in Japan with 12 years old, you go to junior high school and you start to learn a second language <laughs> from ABC, you know, how to write and stuff like this. And that was for me a key opener, like an eye opener, uh, wow, with this, you can talk to different people. So I started to think like, yes, I I love my mother, but I also love the possibility to talk to other people in the language that I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I started to dream of being a doctor less and less, but I wanted to be um, working something abroad uh, in English. That was a kind of like changing path, but yes. <laughs> mm. and then and then
0: you you actually moved to london right did you Did you go there by yourself or did you yeah so mm. so the fascination that you can learn a language
1: and you can talk to people from different countries uh, pushed me enjoying learning English, but it was quite limited uh, if I would stay in Japan, so with eighteen years old, I decided to go abroad, and that was my very first time. I asked my father if he can let me go. And he's like, yeah, go and see a world. So yes, I left Japan without my parents for the first time for one year in London. I discovered what is non-Japan, could be.
0: <laughs> and what did you do yeah. in London?
1: Well, I went to a, a language school. Uh, you got to imagine a Japanese girl being 18 <laughs> years old, learning in Japan doesn't mean you can speak anything in English. So basically, I lived my life being a student, Uh, went to school every day, uh, met different people from all over the world, uh, feeling the diversity of the cultures. And that's what I did. And it went very quickly. (laughs) It it passed very quickly. One
0: of my best times in my life, I think. Yeah. And I think this is where you started... um... Uh, picturing another job for yourself right so I
1: was a student then I I got to know coffee then as well because beforehand I was not drinking coffee at all that was something that that I was thinking adults would drink (laughs) being (laughs) 18 it was not me (laughs) adults but then I would meet my friends from my school in cafes and everybody was ordering flat white and then I just joined because, you know, they're older and then I thought it's cool. I didn't know what it was, <laughs> but I just say, yeah, I would like a like, flat wine as well. <laughs> That's how I met coffee, thinking, oh gosh, it's very strong, but like, you get used to it, right? And then I'm like, yeah, okay, I like that drink. <laughs> I should like the drink. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you got more, you got actually your first coffee experience was more of a, of a cultural event by hanging out with your friends and, and Absolutely. having... Mm. absolutely so baristas were my
1: friends but I didn't know the word barista there were coffee making um, (laughs) people people people, friends I don't know like professionals I didn't know how to choose or what to choose so I was just basically ordering flat white wherever I go with my friends and that's like um, you know if you're socializing you would smoke or you would drink uh, beer and I do none
0: of these I just met coffee just like that (laughs) yeah and then did you um i read that you also studied tourism did you start that in london or no so after learning english in london
1: i went back to japan but i came to switzerland to study tourism because
0: how long did you stay stay Mm. in japan for
1: well i spent a year to get Mm -hmm. some money uh for uh the tuition of the university in switzerland so i went back to japan one year after london and uh, i was working in um like um japanese chinese cafe for like afternoon tea place um to get some money and then i left japan once again uh to study tourism in switzerland it just happens to be switzerland because there are a lot of schools not necessarily well i mean um i got to know many swiss people in london there was a Mm -hmm. time that we were like five or six classmates and then i was the only japanese and rest are swiss (laughs) just by chance and everybody spoke different languages that's also something that they didn't know before because there are four national languages and that was something very unique so switzerland kind of stayed in my mind and then i happened to find universities for tourism and hotel management and then I decided hey you know what I just then go to Switzerland. <laughs> and then you studied in, in, in Zurich? And... No actually no oh. I, <laughs> I studied in a, in a canton called Luzern. that's oh. like one hour away rather in the mountainside but it's still in the German speaking cantons uh, um, but the university was in, in, in English because they were known uh, Swiss um, international students who would go to that particular university
0: so hmm. At what point did you go to Zurich then?
1: Well so after uh, finishing my courses I could get um, um internship in one of the tourism companies in Switzerland and that was based in Zurich so ah. uh, yeah that's uh, it's like 2012, 13, somewhere there. And then I started to work in Zurich. And uh, I don't know this part. I mean, I, I'm very open. I actually also ha- was married uh, to a Swiss gentleman uh, that I've met in London. That's also one of the reasons why Switzerland was nice to come. But we quickly went apart because he loved Japan. So he went to Japan after oh, wow. being okay. married. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he still lives there. <laughs> oh. It's been a very long time but uh, yeah. So I kept I mean, I don't wanna say I came to Switzerland because of him because it's not really yes and no. But in the end, thanks to him and also thanks to the fact that I met a lot of Swiss people, I decided to come to Zurich and that gentleman uh, Got to know me in London. Decided to learn Japanese and wanted to work in Japan and study and work. So that's how he actually landed in Japan and stays and lives there. So <laughs> he kind of exchanged.
0: So, he, so so luckily for us, he put he put um, Switzerland on your map and and this is why you
1: exactly, decided to go exactly. there.
0: Yeah. So I'm very thankful, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then a couple of years, um, you've worked. You worked in, in tourism for a couple of years then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and whilst you were still working in tourism, I read in an mm. interview that um, you said that your first coffee moment that completely changed your life was a, was a coffee made by Nina Rimpel. Um, yes. And she's a, she's a former Swiss barista champion. And yes. you, I think you were at the cafe just by coincidence while she was doing her training for, for a competition and, yeah. and she gave you her, her milky. So, so her milk based yeah. drink. And she said, okay, now, um, this milk beverage is going to taste like strawberries and you've yeah. tried it. And and how was that moment for you? What did it you feel in you in this stage? Well, so I, I still remember the taste of
1: that milky. Hmm. It's quite crazy. Um, because everything was just so coincidental happening, you know, like I, I was there by chance. And she kindly sent me one milky. And she said strawberry, I'm like, huh? Like, what does it mean? But I, I was thinking like that in my head, but I had to drink it because it was, I was almost like a plain level of judge. So there is no communication. I kind of her a question. She just talks and talks and explains. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I have to drink it. Um, yeah, you know how it is mm-hmm. on the stage. <laughs> and I have a sip and then it does taste strawberry. And then my My brain started to work very busily. I'm like, huh? Eh? It does taste strawberry. But why? But strawberry, but strawberry with coffee taste. You know, it's not just like strawberry jam, but it's like a nuance of strawberry, which was shocking because i'm like why how how does she do this and then she goes on and goes on and then talks and explains i'm like nothing kind of comes to my mind because i don't understand anything what she's saying
0: just that flavor i'm like whoa shocking (laughs) and (laughs) yeah um, yeah and um i i I think we all have this moment. I am guessing mm. it was an Ethiopian natural by you. <laughs> absolutely, <Yeah. laughs> yes, like
1: any other people, right? And I thought I, it was such a special moment. It turned out that yeah. a lot of other people shared that moment. It's kind yeah. of like, oh, you too, uh, you too. Oh, okay, well, um, um, me too. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I, when I read that, I like I can absolutely relate to this. Um, and yeah. what I found very very interesting is then that you had a chat with um philip who was her trainer at that time yeah and you were talking a little bit about it and you obviously showed your interest in like how does it taste and why does it taste the way he tastes it tastes and um uh, uh. and he just out of the blue encouraged you to compete in a swiss barista championship because then you could mm-hmm. learn more about coffee yeah um and then the next thing that happened is that a year later you won this Swiss barista championship. How? Hmm. I don't understand. How? <laughs> Seriously. Well, so
1: again, like I've been very lucky because, so Nina was serving those milkies or coffees and I was just shocked. And then I'm like, I ask her, why does not this taste like this? And then she goes, yeah, it's an HRP natural. And I'm like, what does it mean? I, you know, you're talking to a person who loves coffee, but no idea whatsoever. And then Philip comes like with this big smile. He goes, like, yeah, you know, like coffee can be very different. Um, those Ethiopian naturals are like, you know, very fruity, uh, sweet, uh, very like whatever. I'm like, I was looking at both and I'm like, yeah, but how can I learn this? Like who knows this kind of things? Because I don't, I didn't know any baristas who would approach me with coffee like this. I mean, I was already happy, but this is like beyond happiness. I want to do this, I want to learn, but I have nothing at home. I don't have a machine, I don't have access to coffees, I have no knowledge or anything, like, I have nothing. And then Philip goes, like, yeah, you know, he's training baristas for competition. Um, Nina is competing for the for the uh, world in Rimini, that's why she's doing this, and then you uh, you could taste her coffee, but otherwise you wouldn't have that coffee in a cafe in Switzerland back then. So, if you want to learn you can join the training for the next year championships and you can figure it out yourself. So he kindly offered me a possibility to come over to his roster with full equipment. He also kindly helped me to choose coffees <laughs> for my comps and I had again like no clue. So I did the cupping with him for the first time. I learned how to slope I also learned that you got to spit at some point because you know you kind of mm-hmm. meet your limit and all of this. And then I actually went to I think that from that moment until the competition, I think it was about like half a year. I think I saw Philip the most. Like, you know, after work I would go to his roster, he would give me a key. He would let me just, you know. He was not always with me, but he just let me use his facility as much as I wanted. And I just spent, I don't know, five, six days a week after work uh, at his place. And then I would, you know, there are weeks that you say, okay, so I try to be able to form milk because I have no clue how to do it. And then I see Nina or Philip forming, and it looks so easy. And then you try and you just smash your milk like super bubbly. And then you're like, hey, how do you do this? And I wanted to do it, so I go with ten liters of milk a day, and you just steam through until you can do it.
0: And that's but, that's uh, yeah, well Which which I think is such a crash course because I could not imagine learning all of this in within one year. It it took me a long time to understand flavors in this perspective, and mm-hmm. especially when you talk about cuppings, I. I think it took me like three years to understand how mm. to differentiate flavors in, in a cupping mm. I mean so.
1: for me for me the, the biggest strength that I had that time I guess that was the innocence that I so wanted mm. because I want to learn I had no expectation whatsoever you know like everything I would do is always more than yesterday so if I would be able to steam better than yesterday, that was already like, hooray, you know, it's nice. Like, to do better than yesterday, really. Like, And then since I was not working in a cafe, I didn't have this long shift or, you know, too much coffee or too much talking with customers. I didn't have the, all of this. I, I was so ready to chit-chat about coffee or drink a lot of coffees or just get lost in this. And it was so much fun. I really enjoyed the process. And I never thought I would do anything more than that because, and also I didn't learn so much about variations of coffees because I was so hooked with the Chopin Natural. Of course I would choose the Chopin Natural again. (laughs) And I was just so in love with the coffee I chose. And then I just wanted to get to know that particular coffee, nothing else. So, you know, you try different extraction. I have no clue. So Philippe would tell me this and that, and then I just,
0: Delivered, Uh, as he was saying. (laughs) And then I imagine winning the you winning your first competition was um, an absolute mind blow.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, I
0: I I, so there were I
1: remember there were twelve competitors, and the top six would go to the finals. And I was like, I don't want to be the last because Philip spent so much time and invested in me a lot. So I don't want to put him down. If I will ever manage to go to the finals for well, whatever the reasons, because yes, the coffee from Philip was very good, I'll be happy to perform twice. But I never, ever, ever <laughs> expected to do go further. I didn't think, father, no, I, I mean, you have to imagine that the home barista, I mean, I was saying a home barista, but I didn't have any equipment at home. So a person who likes coffee goes on stage,
0: I won. That is incredible, um, and it it, yeah. it it does come with a with a consequence because yeah. if you win the nationals, you have to go to the worlds. <laughs> yeah, and that was also something that I was shocking because I
1: again, like as I said, I didn't think at all about it. And that year, it was in Seattle in April. Mm. I remember, and national was in uh, February, and that's like a you know super short notice period um which is not always the same like that for for years and when it's I think happening in the US it's rather earlier and obviously I had no clue uh after winning uh, nationals I, I was just in shock and then next day uh, Philip approached and said okay so now we have to you know start training for the world I'm like uh okay <laughs> what does he mean <laughs> yeah and having
0: your having your first world um experience overseas is so stressful because you have to take care of all of your luggage coming with and you have to plan so much ahead and it is incredibly expensive as well. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and then in Seattle, um, mm. you didn't place a super super high. Um, no. How was that for you? Well, so I. So
1: that that moment or the period in in Seattle, I think I I decided that I want to go much more seriously than how, how I was because I felt that I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I didn't have shame of it. I was just frightened and almost felt sorry that I could go there because I didn't think I was good enough. Like I was not doing anything with my... Uh, knowledge or control, everything was thanks to other people, which is not bad, but I just didn 't feel right that people around me have better view of what I should do so it was not about uh, ranking, but I remember uh, official training before the comp I saw those you know competitors from countries that i would i've seen online on YouTube. <laughs> like I've seen like so many people's presentations and you see them live and you start to I start to think like a shit I have to go I would go on the same stage with those people and I started to cry <laughs> because I was so scared but to to um I don't know to put down people who've been helping my me or believing in me and then I was like damn I'm not ready like I don't have anything to uh, proof for those people like mm-hmm. not for myself but for, for people who've been helping me it's just like it's such a bad feeling that I've, I thought wow I'm not ready
0: but um, you still you still came out of this competition um, with the will to to learn more and to do more and to you kind of like got hooked on to um, being into competitions um, and so, you did compete so. again afterwards Mm. in Barista and also in Brewers. Right. Um, Do you think as a former champion, because you're first entering the competition stage and being a a champion in your first go, Mm -hmm.
1: um,
0: I would imagine that puts a lot of pressure onto you to win again. Mm. Um, And so the next couple of competitions, you didn't always place first. Mm -hmm. Did you feel feel defeated after the first couple of times when you didn't win? Mm, I think... Uh, the pressure I had
1: was just one time, which was in 2016. So I figured out in 2015, oh, that's something I would like to uh, do for for my for my time. Not as a hobby, but more professionally. And then I wanted to go to the world again, because I, I knew the experience I had in Seattle was very meaningful, but I wanted to do better. Um, so I competed with the own pressure given by myself that I want to, um, defend my title to go to the world again. But then I I didn't succeed it, but I think it was good that I did not because my now life and business partner, Matthew, made it, and then I could actually uh, help him as a buddy. So I could mm-hmm. see the world um, stage again with the mindset of Seattle, but not on the stage. So in the end, it was better. And I don't think people around me put pressure on me personally. I mean, particularly, that's what I thought, but I put it myself and that was a mistake. So, you know, you don't have to be the first to experience the world if you're surrounded by competitors. So that year 2016 kind of put me, put my pressure down off from my shoulder. And um, that, yeah, you know, I don't have to defeat it. I don't have to prove it to other people. It's more for me. And then it's rather a stairs than, you know, stage, so to say, that you have to keep
0: winning to do, I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and then you switched from competing in Barista mm-hmm. to competing in Brewers. Right. Um And we've talked a little bit about Mathieu. So Mm -hmm. Mathieu is your partner and he is also your business partner. Mm -hmm. And he also wanted to compete in barista. Right. So you've said in an interview, battling for the same title as Mathieu made you think of narrowing your own chances. Right. Um, How is it to live in such a relationship? You're both... Super skilled and super talented, and um, you've played uh, like is, uh, I could imagine being with Mathieu <laughs> who placed in the finals a couple of times is quite oh, okay, it's a, it's a big deal. Um, is it quite competitive between you two? Um, between
1: us, no. Um, that's also, I think, quite healthy, and it, it is even uh, possible, I think, because I changed the categories like if I was competing in barista I guess it would be even more competitive but because I'm not competing in the same field together with him at the same time um we are covering two categories every year and that gains I mean you know one plus one is not two because you do really you you can you can imagine you do a lot with your buddies around you for your competition and that's what we do Basically, where we both compete, so it's quite opposite to competitive. It's really much bigger help. Like when I'm competing, he's my buddy. He's helping me a lot. Like when we do some recipes, we do it together, of course. And the same thing for him. Whenever he's going on stage, I think I can do his presentation.
0: <laughs> mm. So it's more him. support. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. actually the opposite, being more supportive of each other because yeah. you know that. Every time one person is on stage, it's not just one but two in yeah. this in this kind of way yeah.
1: yeah, and it's it's not easy to be honest because it's almost like a love and hate relationship because i want I want that he does good and well and better, and I can be very bitter or difficult or you know mean, <laughs> and the same from him as well so um mm. you know there are days that you're not in a good mood talking mm. too much or you know you're you're I don't know not that in a good mood because he said something that I didn't like but actually it's true so you're like I need time to yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly and then it's not that easy because you're running the business together you're actually boyfriend and girlfriend at the same time and then competitors and buddies and that's like everything only one so (laughs) you're like okay But at some point you started to think like, you know, there's no point of being aggressive or unhappy about it. You just have to
0: live with it and then kind of, okay. (laughs) So you're going through this whole, I I mean, I've experienced it this year as well with Mm. my partner being in coffee and being super supportive. And Mm. I was just like yelling at him for being like, I don't understand why you want to change the text there. Yeah. You're not listening to me. And I'm like, I don't want to listen. Exactly. Oh Oh, god. Terrible. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: I I feel you. I think uh (laughs) yes, that. That's happening Um, since 2015. It's very long.
0: Oh boy. Oh god. (laughs) Five years. Too much. (laughs) Yeah. Um, let's talk about your your World Brewers Cup experience um in twenty eighteen your your coffee was quite special that year because um, you chose a brazilian coffee Mm. and um, many people were very skeptical about it i would have been as well to be honest Mm. um can you tell us a little bit about the story how you got this coffee and how you came along Mm -hmm. yeah um so since 2015 starting to
1: compete i i learned that um Competition is not only about yourself or stage or coffee, but also organizations and logistics and stuff like that. So I started to gain some experience in competition. And one of the things I realized is that I would like to have a coffee that it's speaking to me. Like I can Mm -hmm. almost have emotions with a coffee uh, by cupping or tasting or whatever. So it's, it's it's almost like a coffee that I, I had for the first time and then people say, I did it Ethiopian natural and that kind of like emotion. This is for me very important apart from a coffee that can score high. I mean, this is also important. You know, like there's a score sheet for every category and then you look at the score sheet. It's like an exam, you know, there are some parts that you have to understand and you have to pick a certain coffee that is uh, scoring high in a certain area. But that's like... Um, doing an exam without emotions. I mean, coffee is, for me, still an emotional uh, creature. <laughs> so I was <laughs> looking for something that can bring me both. And I was I started to cup. I mean, I was very lucky that I could win uh, the Brewers' Cup in 2018 with the same coffee as Matthew won um, that the uh, barista. So we had the same coffee, roasted by Coffee Collective in Denmark, and that was the coffee that we were serving in our shop. And we loved the coffee, it was from Bolivia, for the nationals. And I wanted something like, I really like the taste of the coffee, I think I love the coffee, and I feel very connected or emotional or attached to that coffee. So I was looking for something like that, also for the world. And then I try, I cup a lot of coffees, I think I was like a hundred something coffees, not at the same time, but like overall. I would maybe set the cupping of 10 coffees, I would blindly cup them, I would, try to say, ah, oh, this is good. This is uh, not maybe suitable, etc. And I pick my favorites and I do it another round and I only gather favorites. And I was doing this like during the summer time. And then Mathieu, because he, he went to Amsterdam in June for his WBC and he plays third. This lucky boy was invited by Daterra uh, in Brazil. With other finalists um, to visit them, and I, me again, not so long in coffee. I didn't know Daterra to be honest. I just googled that uh, Klaus, so the uh, one of the co-founders from Coffee Collective, uh, won the world uh, with their coffees ten years ago, and I'm like, wow. So Daterra, it's not like a, a farmer in a country. or was something much more than that. But again, I, I agree with you, like any other people, like, okay, I don't think I would take a coffee from Brazil for my comp. That was my, yes. So he would say, I'm going to Brazil. I'm like, yeah, lucky you. I've never been. Uh, you're going to a farm, very nice, with other friends. And I'm not going because, you know, I'm not a finalist. <laughs> Bye-bye. And then he spent a week and he came back. And that day I was going to visit my friend in Thailand and I had a flight to catch in the afternoon, and he comes back and he says, "Wow, well, Amy, you really have to taste those coffees before you fly because it's already roasted from the farm, and they are from Brazil." I'm like, "No, no, no, nah, nah, nah. I have other coffees from Panama or Colombia or you know whatever you name it. Nah, nah. I would cup. Co- I would cup after the holiday. He's like, no, no, no. You have to cup because it's already roasted." So he- place these coffees in a cupping again and I'm like "Uh, okay I I cup okay then you 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 get quiet when you I cup and then I can go on the airport and then there's this there are amazing coffees two of them actually and I didn't know which one and I'm like wow and you have those moments very rarely that you are like wow those coffees just talk to you and then they're like pick me pick me (laughs) And then the cupping was amazing because we started and normally I would finish like in, I don't know, one hour longest. But that cupping, we did, I think, hours and that was like two two hours or so or even more. And that coffee was just amazing. I was just getting better, changing a lot. It was like, I've never tasted coffee, something like that. And I was amazed. And then it turns out that it's actually one of the coffees that Matthew brought it along from the Terra. And there, as I said, there are two. One was Geisha and one was Lorena. And again, like I I was ashamed of myself saying I would never take a coffee from Brazil because it's a wrong perception. I think coffee is changing a lot that you cannot put a country into a flavor any longer like if you talk to many people coffee professionals with longer experience in this industry they might think oh the natural tastes like this and wash tastes like that but these days like we i feel more like a new kid in coffee industry you know i i cannot really write the book about so that process tastes like this and that process tastes like that and then that was a clear example of a brazilian coffee taste doesn't taste chocolatey (laughs) and it's still brazilian
0: yeah because that's that's what um maybe we can toil a little bit to our listeners um we i was skeptical of brazilian coffee and you probably also had the first thought because brazilian coffees usually tend to be um quite solid in their taste profile, Mm. very, very chocolatey, um, which is nice, but for a competition coffee, they're not, they're not special enough. Um, so you've got this coffee from this quite famous Mm. farm in Brazil that Mathieu brought you and you had two, you said you had two varieties on the table. So two different, um, breeds of coffee and, um, you chose an experimental process of the Lorena. Mm -hmm. And
1: I also didn't even know what Lorena is. I mean, I've never heard. Again, like my coffee experience is super short. So obviously I know nothing about varieties and stuff, but I've never come across a variety called Lorena. It's like a girl's name. (laughs) And then I Googled it. Mm,
0: (laughs) Okay, what's Lorena variety? And then it comes, I hmm. think the, yeah, the special thing about it is um, it has less coffee and it, and it doesn't get so bitter. So it was quite perfect for you, for your competition. And
1: it's also, it's, it's actually a bourbon uh, pointy, that's another name. I think a lot of people know that variety, particularly like that. It's a mutation of bourbon. The difference, yes, it's less caffeine, it's almost like a half, but then, because it's less caffeine, it doesn't grow as much. Because caffeine is also mm-hmm. more energy for coffees. And because it doesn't grow so much, obviously no, not many producers would know or have that variety at their farm. So what's the point of having low-yield uh, variety on the farm? Um, that's I didn't think like that. <laughs> They've been actually, they had been working on that variety for 10 years. And that was their first year releasing this. Um, experimental uh, variety because yes, it was adapted to their field, uh, their farm, and it was tasty. Um, mm. And then again, like I just didn't know. I think I ne- I have never cupped that variety. And then thanks to the processing method that they applied, also during the cupping, um, that coffee had this amazing mouthfeel, super round and smooth. Although it's very delicate, so it's like something heavy but light at the same time. It's quite crazy, I've never had that. And acidities were just changing. Like at the beginning it was like, you know, grape. You taste those like grapey flavors and then all of a sudden it gets orangey and then it comes again, I don't know, apples and pears and champagne and like, it's just like mad. This is like, I don't understand. I obviously I didn't do anything because it was a cupping. And all of this was just like, yeah, I want that. I wanted Over overwhelming because yes.
0: yeah <laughs> because um in in Brewers Cup um your coffees get scored in three different stages right, right? so the the judges drink it um warm and then lukewarm and then cold right. so I'm imagining if you have a coffee on your table that is that changes so much even just in a cup right. in. Um, you must have felt like you hit the jackpot. I, I, well, I was thrilled because I I
1: liked the idea that that uh, I was proven wrong by a coffee thinking that perception or like package information so to say like anything that you read doesn't necessarily connect to what you taste so I really like that discovery because I was wrong about Brazilian coffee and I I wanted to share this because you know like when you find something or cook something tasty you want to share it no like you don't want to eat it yourself it's a bit like sad Mm. so it was kind of like oh shit the world has to know this and then I have a ticket to go to the world (laughs) and then it happens to be in Brazil how amazing is that I'm lucky so I I was very happy with that uh, coffee choice
0: let's say and then the next yeah no 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 problem go for it um, and the next thing that I imagine for Burroughs Cup, I've never done Burroughs mm. Cup, so that I think is the hardest thing. To then you've got your coffee, you love the coffee, but you also found out that this variety reacts very, very sensitive to heat right. or to, to different temperatures. How, what, what was your process in finding a recipe, and how long, how long did it take you to find this perfect recipe for this right. coffee?
1: So I think from Uh, The period that I found that Lorena, it was like end of August, and then the world was in November. During that period, I think I never had a perfect recipe until the final day. So you've got to imagine that those months that I was struggling or trying to find out how to brew the coffee perfectly, it was just impossible, like really not possible. Um, My ultimate goal was to create a cupping experience that I had in two hours, in ten minutes to the judges. That's my goal. Um, I tried many devices, like brewing devices that I could possibly think of or have to try to mimic that that cupping experience and none of them actually worked. So I would take a V60, it just doesn't work. I would take Kalita, it doesn't work, AirPress, it doesn't work. Kinto, Kono, well, whatever like I could think of at a time, didn't work. And I try like long extraction, short extraction, fine grind, coarse grind, um, immersion, drip, whatever. And then nothing kind of really compared to the experience you would have in cupping, nothing worked. I think there was also a competitor and a finalist from the US in 2000, I don't know, like 14 or 15 for Brewers Cup doing almost like a cupping. <laughs> so when you say time, you just like pour water. And then before you say time again in 10 minutes, you kind of take it out and serve like somebody was doing this. I also tried that her recipe and didn't work and I'm like what what the heck <laughs> I try like I don't know so many <laughs> things possibly and nothing work. and then I started to think so what shall I do and then I was um I had a Tetsu Kasuya, a Japanese um, gentleman and also Bros Cup champion of 2016 that I actually met in Seattle. (laughs) So before him being a champion, I met him also in Seattle. Um, I was talking to him and then he's like, well, try this, try that. And then at some point he says, well, in Japan there are competitors for Brewers Cup who change temperatures during during the brew. And I'm like, okay, I've never done that. So I did that. And then I started to have this changing acidities a bit better than the rest of the brews I was doing. like oh wait a minute so Lorena is maybe reactive to temperature so i try like you know from 60 degrees to 100 uh, degrees but then i would you know maybe try only 60 degrees 65 i combine them like there's like so many variations but i did that with brew i mean a drip immersion And at some point, I tried to also combine this. And that's also the reason why I took Gina, because this is the only device at that time that allowed me to combine it in a very smooth way. And this, I think I've been doing... At some point, I got the recipe of this, like, immersion, drip, different temperature thing, but then fine-tuning to the end, I think it took me, yeah, September, October, November, yeah, three
0: months, Mm, And and then... And then you went to Brazil. Yeah. And obviously because of like temperature and, and the flight. Um I'm guessing your coffee changed again. Um so I've heard that in the in the first round of the of the um Borough's cup, your coffee actually wasn't that good or or not as good as you knew that it could be? Well,
1: yeah, so also one of us... I mean, I learned a lot from this Lorena because I didn't know that the coffee can be very reactive to temperature to brew. And also, you got to really observe how your coffee reacts, meaning that I thought that I have to use my coffee very fresh. But that particular coffee had to be degassed at least two weeks, and this took me a very long time to realize this. So when I was brewing... For the first round, yeah, Lorena was very good, but the way I was brewing and then the way it was tasting was not as good as I wanted that coffee to taste. Because again, like I so wanted that the cupping experience on the table, and I think I could do something to do better, shine better. And I felt very like I'm not good enough to do this for that coffee because the coffee is great, but I'm not doing enough for that coffee and that was the first round and then it turns out that it was actually just a a matter of uh, days to be degassed and that was also when I thought I was very lucky because the final day was the perfect day of being degassed and that's just totally coincidence (laughs) and (laughs) actually it was also stressful I couldn't figure it out earlier because I actually didn't have my coffee to brew when I arrived in Brazil (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, that, that is very stressful that's very
1: stressful so oh, oh my god because, where was it well it was stacked in uh, netherlands um where my roster then at that time was um roasting their coffee um when i was competing in 2018 I mommy obviously didn't have a roster, and um, we were not roasting much was not roasting then so after finding the Lorena that being my coffee for my world championship, I actually asked a few rosters I know uh, to roast the coffee and uh, roast it for me for the comp. And because Lex Winneker, the he was second placed in 2018 in Amsterdam, he was also in uh, Brazil with Mathieu at the Terra. And this lucky boy had like 12 kilos of green Lorena with him back in the Netherlands. And he roasted so well that I actually asked him to roast it for me for the comp. And we were struggling with the days to be degassed, etc. And it turns out that I had to fly to Brazil earlier than my coffee was arriving to Zurich because it, was, it got stuck somewhere in custom in Netherlands. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was visiting the Terra before the competition because I was never there. And then I just didn't have a perfect coffee to brew for the comp yet because it was still in Europe. And um, the cup taster of the uh, Netherlands at the time, uh, he came later than me and next kindly asked him to take it in his hand luggage <laughs> and then he squeezed like four kilos of roasted coffee that I actually took it for the final. It um, worked perfectly and that coffee was yeah, brought by a guy who, <laughs> who didn't know me and he didn't even know what it was for. Like, yeah, Alex told me to bring it all, over for you, and this this? Yeah, thank you very much. So, I can't possibly go to finals with this coffee. And he was like, What? Yes, um,
0: yeah, oh wow, also <laughs> so very stressful, very stressful, yes, very, very stressful. Stress. <laughs> it's all about logistics, yes, oh. but, uh, yeah, but it, um, yeah, it It all turned out good for you, um, yes. you won, yeah, um, and I'm um, I mean, did you expect it? No. Like, did you go on stage and you were like, I'm definitely going to win this thing? No. 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 I mean, like, a lot of things
1: you can do from your side as a competitor. And then I think I was at the stage where I I couldn't do more. I I did anything Mm. I could think of. Like, I couldn't do more. I really, if this doesn't work, it's just because it didn't work. It's not because of me. It's not because of anybody else. It's just that it just was not my time. But again, like I did I think, everything, yeah. I did everything I could think of, so I had nothing to regret. I was very happy with the coffee, especially for the finals. It tasted so well, and I was very, very happy to be able to present this. I was very relaxed. I mean, I could go to the finals. It was my secret goal. I was talking to Tetsu, so I would love to brew my coffee twice because I really like this coffee. And brewscaper is hard, right? Because you have over forty competitors and only six who go to the finals, and that's a small window, and that's uh, a very small window. I was actually sixtieth when I get into this, and I was very happy that I was on the stage again because you know it's mm-hmm. almost like a golden
0: ticket yeah, it is, and I think we've I've said it already in another podcast that um the top six of any competition when it is up in the in the finals they all they all deserve to win because they're all yeah. incredibly good. Yeah. And it actually is on that day, it is just who's better on that day. Right. Absolutely. Um, it's nothing, to, it's very little to do with your skill
1: or coffee. It's really much more to do with almost a luck, like that day, specifically of that time and how you feel and how the coffee feels for that 10 minutes. How did it go? That That's basically it. Anything you can think of, anything you can plan that has nothing to do with it when you go on the stage. And it speaks a lot with luck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So after after you won, mm-hmm. um, it was quite remarkable because you were the first uh, woman that ever won the World Brewers' Cup, ever. Right. Um, do you see yourself not just as an ambassador for coffee, but also as an advocate for women in the industry? Or do you think my gender doesn't matter, but, my, but what I've done matters?
1: Mm, I think I'm in the middle of that both thoughts because basically my coffee journey started with a lot of female baristas around me and then still they inspire me a lot. But not because they are female, they just happen to be female. Um, but, um, if some baristas being female and had, let's say, bad experience about it, like in the, in the, in the any circumstances, and if they think that me being a world champion for the first time as a female barista makes them feel more encouraged or encouraged in their way, I'm very happy. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't, I, I don't mm. necessarily push that I'm the first one winning, but if anybody being very happy about that fact. I'm very happy for them.
0: Mm. Do 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 women come up to you and and ask you specific questions about um about how to how to approach a championship or yeah actually, like... actually yes surprisingly and then
1: I I really think that gender doesn't genders don't matter. I mean I don't really. I really believe that the judges are judging what they're drinking and how they're experiencing in either 10 minutes for Brewers' Cup or 15 minutes for Barista. I don't think that the people, those judges are thinking further than just what they're experiencing in in front of them. So like you said, like that day on the finals, I was lucky to brew a very nice coffee for them. They liked it, they scored it and they won. I could be a male. I could be a female, I could be anything. And I would like that more and more people believe like this. It's not, about, it's not about you, but it's more about that moment with that coffee for your judge. And that's also how I came up with a quote saying like, you know, the cup of coffee can make me even happier. That's what I'm trying to do. So it's the same thing on the stage or for my customers. I yeah. hope that the female or male get more encouraged to compete because competition is great. It doesn't matter if you're female or male. I really think, I, I've never looked at the rates or, you know, equality or balance. I and mean, you don't have so many competitors in female. Why? I think it just happens to be, I don't know. I mean, there's no particular reason why females shouldn't compete or males shouldn't compete. Or I, I, I really, I don't say I don't think so, but it's more like, I understand that there's a discussion about it and I totally respect that. And if I could be one of those, so to say, like a minority that they are very happy about, I'm very happy for them. So whenever some people come to me and say, hey, I'm a female, should I compete? I'm like, of
0: course, <laughs> you should. Anybody. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think, yeah. So it's it's more about encouraging um, the young women or any, any woman. woman. Uh, doesn't matter yeah. which mm-hmm. age they are, any mm-hmm. woman. Um to, yeah to go out there and just try it like you've done in your very first competition and obviously this uh, can sometimes um, lead you to your first win yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah. exactly and I mean
1: I, I say it because sometimes not always of course but sometimes when it comes to this gender uh, equality issue it appears to me that it's about criticizing other gender uh, rather than talking openly about it it gets it gets exactly. a little bit like don't know like when you gather as let's say female baristas you rather talk about how bad experience how much like how much of that experience you had in a particular way uh, or harassed by another gender or like you know you just basically talk about that and it's totally fine you know it's okay to talk about it and then if you feel comfortable or relieved talking about it i think it's great you know it's you need it to stress you to to cut your stress but that doesn't Mean that it's a reason of let's say competition, and because there is not, there are not many female competitors, you have to compete as a female. Like it's not that,
0: really not. So it's it's less about um about being a vi- absolutely. victim absolutely, of, like, of, uh, than more being more more about empowering yeah, it, um, others to to learn and to yeah. grow and to um be more self confident. Right. Like, I, I have say. some friends uh, from
1: let's say Europe who had the problem with lady first uh, thoughts because basically Mm. I coming from Japan, don't have that culture. And some people even criticized about it. How is it possible that women are not first? I'm like, for me, others first. When you kind of like meet somebody in front of the door, you're like, ah, you go first, like after you. That after you mindset, nothing to do with genders. So from this, I think mm. encouraging other people, helping other people, like empowering other people or like going together with each other, you know, like men are not the, men are not enemies, like they can help you some ways. Like if I have to carry something heavy, like I would rather male, ask male uh, colleague to help me to carry instead of me trying to kind of like, you know, carry this, I don't know, green bag, green bean bag of 60 kilos. I'm not gonna carry this, I'm, I'm gonna ask, somebody stronger. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm less good than this gentleman, but you know, very helpful, right? I'd rather want to work like this, like you are good at certain things better than me. I rather ask you to do this and leave everybody happy than
0: competition. Like it's not actually a competition. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you on that. Um <sighs> And I do have a little bit of another question oh. now that comes up, um, and that that's a little bit more about hmm. MAME itself and about what I can see on social media or from the right. outside. Um, because for me, it sometimes look like you're, you're these cool kids at MAME <laughs> because you're creating this like hyper coffee professional share house environment, um, because more and more world class baristas and competitors actually move to Zurich to work it's with you. Uh, it's amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. You're like getting this little um, this lamp on, and the moths <laughs> are following you. <laughs> um, and by now, you're you're a team of like really world known baristas, and you're all competing. Um, so I want to ask: when you when you train for that, do you share your routines oh, with oh. each other, or is that like a Top no, ah. I mean, it's actually like a sport club,
1: you know, like you like something together and you've got <laughs> to gather and then we share everything, like we share scales and we share cups and, you know, you don't want to buy, I don't know, I love Akaya scales, but you don't need 10 Akaya scales. I mean, you can recycle it, you know, you can use it among together. And then the strength of being in, your, in Europe or let's say in Switzerland, which is rather small and you have international, Uh, baristas coming over to Switzerland, like you, let's let's say if you're a French competitor, you can still compete in France, living in Switzerland. If you're, you know, competing in other countries, living in Switzerland, you can still compete in that country that you're actually from. That is not happening at the same time, right? So the scales that I was on the stage in February is going to be used again in March, and then April, and then May, and then, you know, you don't need to buy Everything we are actually sharing quite much, <laughs> like yeah, yeah and, I, yeah. and
0: I, yeah, and I can imagine when you're watching the others and and their routines, um it's also like a constant learning experience for Absolutely. all of you. Like you, you know, like because the creation is
1: coming from each barista's head. Let's say like they have theme, they have certain coffees, um, then they present it to us. We would play the role of judges, and again like a Almost like a love hate relationship, but we try to make that presentation better um, as if I would compete on the stage. And because we are all competitors, I think that mindset helps to grow and learn from each other. Like somebody does something unique, and I'm like, oh, that's how you want to present it. It's nice. You know, like it's also fun to watch. I almost feel like I've been to those competitions myself. I didn't, obviously, but. Uh, I could know the text by heart. Or, had oh, yeah, you're going to do this. Like, oh, no, you changed it. Oh, shit, I didn't know that you're going to do this. Or, you know, it's, it's, it's like a
0: fun club, actually. I love it because um, it's a perfect example of how sharing knowledge and how sharing... Um, your your expertise with others um you can actually become a better barista or a better brewer and it's it's really lifting the game because um all of the people that you're working with i mean you've put switzerland on the map for many many years now in in the finals of coffee and yeah people that are with you are doing the same for their country. so sharing knowledge is one of the most important messages i take out of that yeah
1: and it's fun it's really fun. I mean, I think one of the reasons why I keep competing, why I put myself in a competition life continuously is, yes, because in the end, you learn something every year. You sometimes learn a bit more about, I don't know, a specific country or a specific variety or a specific processing, or you see how the extraction is happening or changing or new device or forgotten things or whatever. Like, it's always like... um something new and it's not the uh, stage, the goal. It's more the the process is the nice part um, where I would enjoy the most. And then having a lot of competitors around me enlarge my possibilities of experiencing that in another countries. And that's mm. that's great. I'm very thankful. It's not the must to be a competitor when you would like to join MAME. That's, that's for sure. But obviously it's easier to speak the same language. Uh, when it mm-hmm. comes to you know extraction or perfection I mean there's no perfect coffee but like try to make a better improvement uh, some thought of creations or the spirit of making it better or improve um, I think if you're a competitor you understand
0: quicker than if you're freshly starting yeah um, from a scratch and I think for me, the yeah, for me, the most expo- important thing was always um, the feedback that mm. I got from others, because you can, you can stay in your room and you can tra- tra- train a routine for like 30, 40 times. And then if one person comes and gives you honest feedback and says, um, yeah, but this makes no sense. And you might have really not realized that for a long time. And then this will give you a much mm-hmm. better performance mm-hmm. afterwards. Absolutely. I- yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got another question, Um, and this kind of like refers to to something that we've talked about earlier. Because you've said with um, your partner competing in something else um, is a little bit better because you're not really getting in the way of each other. But this year in twenty twenty, you actually competed um, in. Uh, in the Swiss barista, uh, barista again, and you competed against your partner Mathieu <laughs> and against your coworker Matt. Yes. Um, was that yes. weird? No, what well, was so that? In
1: the end, um, it started like so. There's a coffee festival in Switzerland, and that's I think second or third time in the location that is happening now. And Nina is now I see president of Switzerland, so it's great what she's doing. And but somehow, it was difficult to get competitors for baristas. I guess because Matthew has been doing extremely successful in Switzerland, and he requires a lot to reach there. And then I guess somehow, I don't know, I have a, I have a feeling that that kind of pushed new baristas coming in uh, away. I don't know. That's just my guess. So anyway, so that competition could not possibly happen. That was a, like a kind of like a starting point where he wants to compete, he would like to go to Melbourne, that could be possibly his last time, who knows, never say never, but that's kind of, you know, and then he started to roast and then that's a great opportunity if we can ever present our coffees in the World Stage in Melbourne. But it's a pity if the competition is not happening because, you know, if you don't have enough competitors, the championship is not happening. And then I hear some junior baristas, like a young barista in our team who never competed before, would love to also jump into this, and I would like to experience. And again, like, there is no, that was a venture of not having the competition happening. And then to secure that, I'm like, yeah, you know what, okay, I'll, I'll do it together with you guys. So we ended up being five of us from MAME, competing. Maggie roasted all of them. <laughs> he was a good, Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's like a it's like a you we we do this like a again like a fun club for different countries, but we did the fun club for everybody for Switzerland. So we have five competitors uh, all for moments. And then it became kind of funny, weird fun in the end because look it's uh, um it's competition but it's fun at the same time um yeah again like you know we shared scales we only have like five and then we had to share with each other and everybody like brace the one competes at 10 and then two is like 12 so okay so you have two hours to give um, scales and ah yeah, the, where's the big scales where the small scales and a cut glass and shot glass and stuff like that so it was kind of like a funny stressful but funny <laughs> um, also in the preparation time like you know somebody makes a signature drink we all together you know we taste it all together and we're like oh it's not good mm. oh we should change something and then we kind of create it all together sometimes ov- obviously the parishioner does it himself but overall like we knew all what everybody was doing in which way with which ingredients and surprisingly which I'm really happy and proud of everybody has a different theme like we didn't have to talk like oh everybody had Mm -hmm. different coffee like everybody had different
0: mindset and so it's even even if everything was roasted by the same person and it was uh, people from the same company it was five completely different um Different totally. routines which is still
1: yeah, very, I, very, yeah. Which is we saw awesome. everybody's routine, you know, like we we timed together, we judged for each other, um, yeah, and we we went all there, we drove together, we brought basically ah, oh, this is the box of barista A, B, you know, like <laughs> we just paid, went like a boot boot camp, <laughs> like you know, just yeah. And it was also funny because obviously there was not only the original competition, it was brewers, it was lots of arts, and coffee and good spirits. And we kind of gathered the same space in that uh, backstage and then we basically
0: shared everything. So it was kind of interesting. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. So if I'm getting this right, you you entered this competition because um, Mathieu wanted to go to Melbourne. Yeah, but um, then y- yeah, but then you won.
1: Well, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he roasted too well, I guess. And again, it's also the coffee that, yeah. the the coffee that i took tasting quite well that day.
0: Uh, yeah. Well. Competition. So I guess another competition where you didn't no. expect to win.
1: <laughs> this one was this is, no. it. I'm sorry to say, but yeah. But again, like you know, it's it's a great. Uh, I I, yeah, I I I was sh- surprised and sh- shocked. Yes. Um. But at the same time, but- the fact that we wanted to bring Mame Coffee to the world, on stage, didn't change. And that you could definitely, yeah, like team the effort, team... right? It, it was always a team effort. And I wished that match would go, to be honest, because he wanted. Um but uh I don't know, Andrew or Devil of uh, Championship kind of gave me a ticket to go. But obviously he's gonna be my muddy buddy, he'll be my reflection, he'll be my coach, he'll be my roster. Um so, so in obviously, a way he still yes. goes. Like I've been doing. Hmm. I told Mathieu that it's actually almost a payback of Dublin twenty sixteen that I wanted to go, but he did. So now I'm going instead of you. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! And I think it also shows, like this year's um, Barista Championship, also again shows how much of an incredible competitor you are, and how strong you are on the stage. And um, yeah, I'm very, very, very excited to see you on the world stage again. I hope.
1: I hope so. We 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 are all not sure, unsure how it's going to be, but uh, I will take it as it comes. And, uh, well, I guess I guess you might not have <laughs> to next year. Well, let's see. I, I mean, I have no clue how it's going to be with WBC in Melbourne. That's like uh, so far it's pushed to November, but I don't think we can enter Australia before or uh, later than that. So it's like,
0: yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I I would go as it is. if it's postponed to Athens, just like that straight away. I would happy to go to Athens, obviously for all of this.
0: I mean, yeah. there would be perfect Obviously, obviously um,
1: a <laughs> logistic point of view, much better. <laughs> um, I, mean, I just will have to make sure with the time of uh, uh, coffee season, which coffee is ready or so. But obviously, these days, you can, you can freeze the green beans as well. So, yeah. Okay, like, I'm, I'm more chilled. I'm very yeah. thankful that we have that ticket to go to present Marbella, Rossi by whenever it is, wherever it is. Uh, when it's closer to Europe, it's better for me. <laughs> when not, it's also nice. I mean, I I'm not not stressed
0: out. Yeah. I mean, you've got the ticket, and no one <laughs> will ever take that away from you. Now, um, lucky me, hey? <laughs> so, <laughs> 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 yeah. Emmy, I I do have um I do have right. a final question. We're up to my final question. I've I've asked you no a million no questions and then here's here's the end. Um, my final question is a question that um recurs in in the She's right. a Barista podcast. And this is if you do have a female role model yourself and a person that inspires you. Wow, well, it has to be one person. <laughs> It can be a many person. It doesn't have to be from the coffee industry, but obviously I would like to um, also put a couple of the strong women coffee in the, mm-hmm. in the spotlight. So go, go for it. All right. Um, I think I have
1: three who just came to my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is obviously Nina Rimpel uh, because she was my start. Um, I think without her I'm not in where I am um, because she gave me that milky that changed my whole thing like my past five years started there and um, the fact that we don't compete or we don't we never share the stage together you know she was already judging when I started to compete and now she's you know SCA president so it, she's other side of the world but the fact that she stays uh, in coffee um industry and try to set it up also in Switzerland, hopefully longer and better and stuff like that. I'm very thankful that she's here and she's actually studying psychology and working as well. And that's like, she's completely different from what I do. I'm fully in coffee and I have coffee shops and stuff. So despite of this, I'm very happy to have her as a friend, as a role model, Mm. almost like an idol. I started thanks to her. So that's Nina. And then I have I think um, Aga <laughs> um, because we actually competed together in 2015. Um, I remember her. Yes, it's I remember her using French press, saying <laughs> yes. that her machine broke one day and she couldn't steam, so that's how she served milk drink. I was like, God, it's yeah. so cool. <laughs> and for me, she's a role model because she's very smart and like she. She has a voice to say and then people listen to her. And I I think it's great. She presents it very well in a natural way. And when she won in 2018, so uh, in Amsterdam, I was very happy for her. And it was very nice to see her journey uh, from, you know, she was competing before me, obviously, but like from 15 and then 60, like she also like still rocking in different categories. So it's like, Mm. yeah. She's like a role model of competitors. Like if you want to do competitions, like that's uh that's a full. <laughs> I don't know, female. That's, she's that's the machine. A, she's it's the machine. I, mean, yeah. I am very. Uh, I'm a big, big fan of her. <laughs> she competed in Broscup this year. I think. <laughs> I think she did everything. It's yeah, so crazy.
0: Yeah, she did. <laughs> she she. I, I wanted to, to convince her to do um <laughs> yeah, well, Now it's kind of running. Exactly, okay, exactly. Like she's yet. running out of the
1: she hasn't done. So I'm very, I'm very fond of her. Like last year, like when we, when I traveled a lot, like last year I was traveling a lot. So did Aga, and she was doing much, obviously more than me. Like we meet time to time, like we met in China twice and you know, like we meet each other, like, hey. And she's always so calm and chilled and but very professional. And then she's like, yeah, I'm gonna compete again. Like what? But I love her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think
0: uh, yeah, I admire her a lot, yes. Um, yeah, me too. Also maybe a good good point for me to say um, that I had the honor to interview <laughs> her in my second episode. Um <laughs> so yeah. listening to this now? Um episode number two is uh <laughs> Anishka, so definitely worth it worth it <laughs> <minutes>. <laughs> Wow! Oh, it's really been awesome um, no, okay, problem. sorry yeah, for the interruption. Okay, and then Go the on. third person <laughs>
1: that I have in my mind is Tu she was, She is a Bros Cup champion of China and also the world 2019. I was privileged to meet her uh, last year in Brazil when we all went to the Serra again. Um, so, since I live in Zurich, I think this is my 10th year now, I became a bit. Not necessarily typical Japanese person anymore because I'm out of Japan since I was mm-hmm. eighteen basically mm-hmm. and i'm thirty two this this thirty three this year oh god um, <laughs> but I still have my <laughs> yeah we're getting old eh? Yeah, we're getting old i still have this uh, <laughs> i have this um um like a Asian touch I haven't forgotten it like when I do coffee I'm also quite I could be very silent and i could be just like thinking but not sharing not meaning that i don't want to share but i i'm quite quiet when it comes to like recipes or whatever i don't really i don't mm. really do like i cannot do as well as let's say Agnieszka, who would go and present i'm not really a good presenter i feel very Shy. I'm actually quite shy. <laughs> I don't know if uh, yeah people don't believe me, and you know on, on, on stages I'm quite shy. I don't really remember many things, but anyway, um, so Dushanin uh, Janin, sh- I met her there, and then she was also one of those um, Asian friends that I would think of very shy, very quiet. Um, but I knew, you know, if I would take time. I can break the ice and i wanted to understand how she approached the coffee and stuff so it was like i wanted to get to know her um yeah and that's was like she's very charming a little bit shy but the knowledge she
0: yes she is so cute yeah and i've met her um mm. last year as well in in china um on the when we had right. one of those um world coffee events and I remember coming up to her and she's, she's quite small, especially compared to me. Um, And we went to a dinner at the evening and, and she sat next to me and she's, Mm -hmm. her English isn't, isn't perfect. Um, But all I remember is like, she was quite impressed about a, a a very, very tall European woman. And then B, um, she constantly wanted to drink (laughs) with me. (laughs) (laughs) it was just the the best thing ever and she was so cool and so cute and so um so right just so loving and Uh, when I met her I started to talk
1: about water in Brazil her eyes sparkle like crazy Mm -hmm. and I'm like yeah this is a person that who loves coffee and I wanted to do improvements and better and I want to do things you know like it's not just um, I get the coffee I just brew. It was more like it was very nice to share also passions, and she can be very professional, but also very cute, very kind, and funny. So um, I think I I would, um I think it's very nice to see let's say female professionals being very natural like her, um, being both human professional. I think. It's very nice. I, I really think that uh, I was very happy to meet her. and um, Yeah. Mm.
0: And what I sometimes uh, think is a little bit sad is that from a European um, point of view, a lot of the People don't realise how much she does for ah. the Chinese community. Um, she's really, really pushing right. third wave coffee there. She's really, really pushing um, fritter and high-quality beans. And mm. it's not easy in China um, as they're not really mm. allowed to roast by themselves. And um, right. she's Absolutely. just doing a fantastic job.
1: I mean, job. I'm, uh, again, a big fan of her. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Emmy we've talked a storm yes,
0: <laughs> we did it was crazy oh my god wow, thank you so much for all of this insight and um pleasure. yeah <laughs> um y- your right. day has just started and i'm guessing you have to you have to go to work at well, a I'm certain at point i'm and, going to um, pack it was really really pack uh, our tubes
1: I'm going to pack our tubes You're going and to ship pack? some coffees to our customers. That's my job of the day. I'm packing, packing together.
0: Oh yes, <laughs> so the world brewers' camping, uh, the 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 world Brewer yeah, um, champion is packing coffee.
1: Yes, this is, up is up this is our uh, last <laughs> Ship in a box, and yeah, I have a, I have yeah. a duty to do.
0: Obviously, yes,
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> um. I just want to say thank you so much. And I'm going to say a couple of more words to my listeners now. And all I want to say to you now is um, have a beautiful day. Goodbye. (laughs) What an amazing chat. And I'm still absolutely stunned by how down to earth and honest and cool this World Brewers' Cup champion is. is a person who lives their passion and by doing that she creates unforgettable coffee moments. Her story shows us that winning is always a team effort and that competitors can get stronger if they work together, support each other and share their knowledge. Tune in next week for more incredible stories from the world of coffee. Check out past podcast episodes or send your questions for future guests to nicolebatfeldcom slash podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening to She's the Barista.